Today, we are going to talk a little bit about covenant. Covenant is a word that uh, we don't frequently use today. I mean, let's, let's put it this way. Who has used the word covenant in the last week? Besides the elders, it's probably nobody. What about the last month? Last month? Year? There's a lot of us that we don't really use covenant frequently, okay? Um, one of the things that you're going to find on the back table over there is we have the bylaws that uh, we want you all to take a look at that the elders have been sitting down and, and working through. Um, we want you to take those home with you, pray about them, think about them, um, process through them, send any questions you have to John or myself. We also have some foundational truths back there and a covenantal membership agreement. Now, this church, we first put our bylaws in place, I don't know, in the 70s, something like that, a long time ago, right? And the funny thing is, I mean, it's, it's funny to me, because if you go overseas, church bylaws and constitutions look a lot like the Bible. They're, they really aren't like written down, this is how our church, it's like, no, 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 we've got questions, we go back to the Bible. In America, we've gotten a lot more constitution bylaws and you know, there's, there's good and there's bad. There's all sorts of stuff, but it's a cultural thing that we've added to the equation way before this time, all right? Now, one of the things that when we started looking at those bylaws, we started saying, okay, where, where are we at? Where was that written back and then? And then let's figure out what God is calling us as a church to. And we've done our best to try to present, hey, this is where we think God is calling this church to, but really we want you to have a voice in saying, yeah, yeah, we agree, okay? And that agreement is kind of one of these, these covenant terms is, hey, we're going to come in agreement that this is where we believe God is taking us, okay? Um, when you look at the, the membership, the covenant membership thing, we didn't really change the membership form. Now, if you're like, I didn't write a membership form for a while, we haven't really actively had a membership signing in, in a few years. So if, if you're here and you're like, I don't know that I've signed one of those, it's okay. That's all of us for the most part, all right? But here's the thing is when you look at it, the biggest change we added was covenant. And part of it was we wanted to add a little bit more weight to it. It's not just a gym membership. It's not like, oh, hey, I pay my dues, I give my tithe, and you know what? I get a voice in everything. It's not just a membership where you just, oh, okay, we're done, right? We want there to be weight where you look at, oh, here's the foundational truths that we as a church, we agree on, right? We believe, hey, this is what we, you know, this is what, we believe the Bible is saying and what God is saying to us, okay? And we're saying to each other, hey, you know, we're going to invite you into the process to speak into our lives and us to speak into your lives. And so next week at the, uh, the annual meeting, you have a chance to sign that covenantal membership. And part of that process is then you'll have um, some weight in, in votes with some stuff. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But covenant, if you look into the definition, an agreement um, or to agree by lease, deed, other legal contract, um, contract, compact, uh, treaty, pact, accord, deal, bargain, settlement. These are synonyms for it. Today, we're not going to um, get into the intricacies and the details of all the covenants we find in the Bible. That would take a long time. I'm pretty sure that would go past lunch. Um, but what we're going to do is we're going to do kind of a high-level flyover of some of the covenants in the Bible. Okay, and so those of you that are really familiar with those, you're going to look at me and be like, Benny, you're missing this absolutely massive point about the covenant of this thing. Yes. Um, well, we probably have to come back to it and spend more time on each of them, okay? But that being said, I want us just to talk about covenant of how we see it in the scripture over and over again. So um, 
I was about to tell my person to go to the next slide, but that's me. So um, I pulled this on, uh, on, on the old Google. So um, it's there if you want to go back and take a look at this slide. This is like the covenantal story. And this basically I want you to look at it and say, okay, covenant has been there throughout the entirety of history. Um, I know you didn't read all of that. That's okay. We're going to walk through a number of those. It's really small print anyway. Okay, so God's covenant with man. So God makes man, right? So first he creates everything. And then with man, he actually takes his hands and he forms man. And he actually takes his nishama, his breath, and he breathes his life into him. And he makes man in his own image. Unlike all the other things that were made, they like, you know, the birds of the air, you know, they weren't made in his image. The sky wasn't made in his image, but man was made in his image, right? And there's this beauty of this. And, and he puts him in the garden. And he says, hey, I want you to, you know, take ownership of all this stuff. You're going to be like the head, head person in here. And then he says, but, you know, don't, don't eat of this tree, right? And so there's this tree, knowledge of good and evil. And very quickly, man breaks this covenant, right? This is kind of what we call, you know, the original sin where they're like, oh, this is the one thing we can't do. Let's try that thing first. You know, and before we throw a lot of stones, I think if we were all honest, and well, the Bible says later on that, you know, we all sin. We all go to that place where eventually we get to the place where we're like, I want to try that thing too that God says don't do. So anyways, that's how it starts is God makes a covenant with man. Man immediately says, let's break it. All right. Then you fast forward and there's all this junk that starts happening between Adam and Noah. And God looks down and sees all the wickedness in the earth and it grieves him. And he's about to like wipe it all out. And then he, he finds favor in Noah. And he says, here's a righteous man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to covenant to him. I'm going to promise him, you know, hey, you know what? I'm never going to destroy the earth by flood again. And you know what? I'm going to put in place this rainbow as a reminder to me of my covenant to you and a reminder for you to me. And there's times in the Old Testament where they're like, hey, God, remember, remember your covenant, Remember, remember your promise, because they're like, hey, you know, it's like, it's like my kids, you know, when they go and they do something that they know they shouldn't do, and they're like, remember, you love me, you know, like, and it's not that, like, you're going to have these massive, you know, end-of-the-world consequences, but they, you know, like, for them, it's like, no, no, remember, you know, and it's, it's this invitation, hey, remember, remember your covenant, and so when we look at the rainbow, that is one of his promises, is, hey, I'm going to remember my faithfulness to that covenant. You flash forward and you got a, a guy named Abram at the time. And in Genesis 12, God pro promises to bless Abram. Hey, I'm going to make you a great nation. You know, I'm going to do all these things. And the irony is at this time, he doesn't have any kids. And he's like, what do you mean? You're going to bless everybody through me. You're going to make me this great nation. I, I can't even have like a line. I don't, I don't even have like it, an heir that's of my seed, right? But God promises, hey, I'm going to do this thing. And then you go into Genesis 15 a few chapters later, and he's like, no, let me actually go even further. I'm going to make your offspring like the stars in the sky. Right? Hey, can you count the sand on the seashore? Your descendants are going to be like that. He's like, I'm going to bless all, all of the earth through your seed. Right? In the New Testament, it's very clear. He says, your seed, not seeds. Right? It's a foreshadowing of Jesus to come. Okay? So he's saying all this stuff. Now, at this time, you know, he says, hey, I want you to go and you, I want you to take three of these animals and three of those animals. And what I want you to do is I want to cut, cut them in half. And like, you know, it's like, 
you were like, wow, it was kind of gruesome when you started looking at Genesis 15. And Abram, Abraham, now he's like, he understands this process. So there's something that happened with, in that day and age, it's like you would cut these animals, you'd have the blood running through, and the two people making the covenant would walk through it together. And it kind of symbolizes like, hey, you know what? If I break this covenant, may it be done to me what we've done to these animals. I guess that's a weight. Let me just let you breathe deeply. That is not going to be what we're going to ask you guys to sign. Okay? All right, you guys feeling a little bit better? That's not the direction we're going as a church. But there's a seriousness to it. And so Abraham goes and he like prepares these animals. He cuts them in half. And it's like this process, right? And so he's working all day at it. And he's waiting for God to come in to walk through with him with this covenant. And instead, God puts a deep sleep on him. Okay? And in this sleep, he watches as God goes through this, this area and essentially makes this covenant. And it's really, really an important thing. We'll have to spend more time on another day. But here, God is actually making a covenant with God on the behalf of Abraham. Like, it's, it's fascinating because it's one of those things where God makes a covenant with himself who cannot break it on behalf of a man who cannot keep it. Think about that for a second. You might even want to write that down. God makes a covenant with himself who cannot break it on behalf of a man who cannot keep it. And so he says, hey, I'm going to covenant that I'm going to do these things that I'm promising to you, okay? Um, and again, that covenant, you end up seeing Jesus later down the road. All right, so keep going. You've got uh, the covenant with Moses, right? So they leave Egypt. You know, they're going into the desert. And uh, God's like, hey, Moses, I'm going to make a covenant to you and your people. I want to make you a kingdom of priests, a holy nation, you just need to follow my commandments. And so they give them the commandments, and immediately they're like, oh, let's make a golden calf. That's what we did in, in Egypt. Again, like we keep, like every time he gives a covenant with man, we're like, oh, what's the first thing we can do to not do that, right? Which when you start reading in the Old Testament, you're like, no wonder why God keeps getting frustrated. Like he's over and over again frustrated with his people. Like, man, why? Like I keep trying to give you good things, and you keep saying, Oh, let's do the other thing. He's like, no, 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 no. I want to give you good things. Oh, let's try this. You know, it's like, okay, all I want you to do is everything you want except for this thing. Oh, let's try this thing. You know, it's just, I don't know. It's crazy. I shouldn't harp on them because I'm human and I do the same stuff sometimes. Um, okay, so you got Moses' covenant, all right? Um, you've got these stories that come into play, right? So Boaz, so there are our um, kids downstairs are learning a little bit about Boaz um, with Ruth and Naomi. But there's a story in the Bible um, where you have Naomi and her husband, they leave because there's a famine in the land. They go into Moab. Her sons, um, they, they get married to Moabite women. Um, fun, fun side note, if you ever like want to find like funny humorous things in the Bible, Go and look up the names and what they name of, of people. So like her sons, Nashon, Kilian, you know what their names mean? Sickly and fading away. No wonder why they died early. Like, you know what I mean? Like so these, these boys, they go and they, they marry these girls, right? And, uh, you know, and so the, the dad dies, the, the brothers die, and uh, mom is bitter. And she's like, I'm going to go back to my people, right? And she essentially releases 
the, the two girls. And one stays, and Ruth says, no, no, no. Again, it's another one of those covenants. You know, I'm going to go where you go. Your God will be my God. You know, your people will be my people. It's this covenant, right? And God honors that thing. So they come back. Boaz, who's a kinsman redeemer, he redeems that situation. If you don't know what a kinsman redeemer is, we'll do another sermon on that another day. But what ends up happening is when he redeems that situation and restores that situation is he goes to the city gates and he finds the guy that's closer of a kinsman redeemer, which again, it's a concept. If you don't know it, ask me. We'll talk about it another time. But the funny thing is they exchange sandals, right? And so like there's this contract where it's like, hey, here's my sandal. And you're like, oh, okay, now you've got the right for their inheritance in that land. And by the way, you have to, you know, it comes with marriage, you know, and you're like, you know, how many of you ladies would like to be proposed to with a sandal? Like, you know, culturally, there's just different things that happen when you find it in the Bible where there's these contracts that are made of covenants, right? And so man and man, so anytime that they would have, you know, a changing of land, a changing of this or that, it's the changing of sandal for a time period that, that was that covenant thing, all right? Um, you flash forward again, and you've got Ruth, who's the great-grandmother of David, who we all know. And so God reaffirms the covenant with David, saying, basically, hey, I'm going to put my, my royal lineage through you, all right? You're going to have a kingdom. You're going to have a throne. You're just, all these things. And so you've got David, a man after God's own heart, that God, again, blesses. And that goes, obviously, from Ruth all the way down. All right, jumping through. Um, in the New Testament, we've got a new covenant with Jesus. Okay, so Jesus... He affirms the old ones, and he has this other co covenant. So God, again, with God on our behalf. So kind of like with Abraham, where it was God with God on our behalf, you have God with Jesus on our behalf too. So new covenant promise that God makes mankind, that he'll forgive uh, sin, restore fellowship with those uh, whose hearts have turned toward him. Um, it's alluded a bunch of times in the Old Testament. I've got some uh, chapters and verses up there. Uh, the nice thing is if you want to go to our Facebook page, you can go and rewatch this and get these verses if you need them, okay? Um, yeah, so here's some more information on it, Luke 22, 19. New covenant was instituted at the Last Supper when Jesus told the disciples uh, the covenant would be created through his blood. Again, that blood imagery that you have to walk through, okay? Um, here's another one is on, on uh, the death of the cross. It confirmed that Jesus... Uh, essentially served as that act of ratification for the moment when the Gentiles were also brought in, um, which again is kind of foreshadowed with, with Ruth, but there's a number of places where it's foreshadowed. The point being, we have this God who has tried to interact with us from the very beginning, okay? From the very beginning, he keeps trying to have these covenants with us. He keeps trying to have these agreements, these promises, these blessings with us. We keep walking away, so he keeps going back to all right, I'm going to just have to promise with myself on your behalf because you're going to keep walking away, right? And so he keeps doing this, but this new covenant is one of those things where all of the old ones are pointing towards Jesus. And with the new covenant, what it does is it says, hey, you know what? No one comes through the Father except through me, right? So we're at a place in our day and age where, you know what? If you want to get to the Father, it's going to be through Jesus, okay? And you get on behalf of Jesus' covenant with the Father, we get some blessing in it. Right? And so a lot of times what happens in the Old Testament, but sometimes in the New Testament, you'll see people that'll say, um, you know, in Acts 3, when Peter heals a man, um, responds that, hey, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, God of our fathers, 
whenever you have in the Bible someone that, that pulls out, hey, the God of Abraham, God of Jacob, God of Isaac, what they're doing is they're, they're going back to this Leviticus thing where God says, I will remember my covenant with Jacob, my covenant with Isaac, my covenant with Abraham. It's this invitation that's like sometimes we have to humble ourselves and say, God, remember your covenants. Not because I deserve it, but remember what you have promised on our behalf. And it, it's like, it's this thing that like moves him as a father. And he's like, yeah, you know what? You're right. Because, because I have promised these things, because I'm going to move on your behalf, not for what you have accomplished, not because of what you have done, but because of what Jesus has done. Isn't that good? Isn't that cool? All right. Um, if you were to look at Acts 2, end of Acts 2, it's a, it's a good one to, to look at where the new church is getting together. And they also get to this place where they start going and they're like, hey, we're actually going to sell everything that we have and give to the poor and the needy and we're going to do these things. Again, we're not asking you, you have to sell everything you have if you want to be a part of this church, okay? But it's a cool thing that they do is they're, they're moved and, and, and they start saying, how can we covenant with each other? How can we meet each other's needs? How can we actually go out and be a witness to others? How can we work as one body, as one group to actually be Jesus to the people that don't know Jesus? And that's really when you look at Acts, there's, there's incredible power of what the Holy Spirit does on them, which is another part of his promise to us. So the Water's Edge Covenant membership um, I've just got it up here, you know, some of it. I, I believe the foundational truths of the church. And again, if you want to know what the foundational truths of the church are, it's on the piece of paper back there. Um, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I'm dedicated to a life, uh, a spirit-filled life, exhibited by my desire to know God, my love for others, and the personal commitment to renouncing all sin while pursuing holiness. It's this understanding that, you know what, we were sinners saved by Christ, Right? but we are, are saints becoming like Jesus, right? And so there's this process of sanctification, which is a big word for basically saying, you know, we're trying to come into the light. We're trying to come into holiness. We're trying to let go of anything of darkness inside of us and, and become more like Christ, okay? I support the vision and leadership of the church and commit my time and tithe to the ongoing endeavors of the congregation. Um, I will work to uphold spiritual unity within the congregation. So these are the things, and it's not like this massive, like, super fine details of every little thing, but we're basically saying, hey, we want you to be a part of this. And if you agree to these things where it's like, hey, we want as a group to follow Christ. We want as a group to do these things. It's like, you know, sometimes you'll do baby dedications, right? And the point of the baby dedication is saying, hey, we're going to covenant as a church that we're going to help you in your marriage. We're going to help you in your parenting. You know, we're going to help, you know, you have an invitation with my kids. If, if one of my kids is being a knucklehead saying, hey, in love, Cohen, what are you doing? Avi, hey, buddy, it would have been, it would have been better if you said this a different way. You know, because people, people are going to hear it this way. Or you know what? You can't hit anymore, Avi. You know, like, it's, it's one of those things where it's a realization that it's going to take the whole body to teach our children, Right? And it might be something in my life where you say, oh, Benny's got this really blind spot. Well, you know what? Me coming in membership with you guys gives you the right to say, hey, Benny, I, I think you should consider this thing. I want to give you some feedback. And my job is feedback always, just like your job is to say thank you, first of all. We honor the fact that it takes courage for somebody to give you some sort of feedback. And if you immediately respond, the, the thing is the person that gives it says, 
They didn't hear a word I said. All they're coming up with is excuses, right? Chances are they're going to be a little slower to give you feedback again. Same thing with me. Like, my job is to say thank you, to honor them with it, and then go back home and say, all right, God, what of this do I need to hear? What is true and what things do I need to change, right? And then go back and, and affirm that with them. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where, like, that's one of the invitations when we're talking about covenantal membership is you're saying, hey, I'm giving you a space to speak into my life and into my family's life, okay? There's also going to be this thing where, you know what? That's when we put your name on the list to go downstairs and, and get to invest in our children, right? It's because we want to say, you know what? We want you to have a say in our children. We want you to bless our children. We want you to invest in them because our children, honestly, there's lessons that you will be able to teach my kids that I cannot. And part of it is, I might say it a thousand times, right? But hearing it from somebody else, it's almost like, oh, wait a second. Dad, did you know? Da, 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 da. Yeah, I've been trying to tell you that for a year, you know? But there's, there's this thing that happens with parenting, right, where that happens. And it's not just parenting. Those of you that are in college, you know what? I want you to have a voice in this stuff too. And I want us to be able to encourage you because some people that are a little bit ahead say, oh yeah, I remember those years, and you know what? I could save you a lot of time by doing stuff. Those that are my age with children, guess what? There's some people ahead of us that can say, hey, you know what? I could save you some time. I know where this one goes. You know, right? And part of that is we have to have an invitation as a congregation to say, you know what? You've got a space for that. Now, you do not have to sign this covenantal membership agreement. You don't have to, and you are more than welcome to be a part of this church. You're more than welcome to be a part of what we're doing. When we have, you know, uh, days where we, we're going to dream about what we can do, right? Anytime that there's change, there's opportunity for us to say, hey, what's been working well that we want to keep blessing? What things can we tweak to make great, right? You have a voice in that, right? And you, even if you are not a covenantal member, you are welcome to come and say, hey, what about this? Have you guys considered that? And we would love that, okay? Really, what ends up coming down to, though, is, is when you have an, a covenantal membership, it adds a little bit more weight, and in particular with voting. So when we vote for our elders to reaffirm our elders, um, that's one of those things. When we have a $50,000 project of renovating this thing or that thing, hey, part of that thing of you saying, hey, you want to put our time and our tithe towards this thing that our congregation is doing? Stuff that's really big, we want you to say, hey, I agree with this thing. Let's do this thing, right? And so it's some of that that's an invitation. And again, you don't have to sign that. Um, going to the next one. You're invited to serve on a team. I did the old pastor thing, right, where you just put everything into the same letter. Um, I don't know. It's kind of fun. I tried it out for size. You guys tell me if you like it or not. But you're invited to serve on a team. We're going to be building teams, right? I'll give you some more vision on that next week. You're going to uh, be invited to give of your time and your tithe, all right? Which, in some ways, actually, part of your tithe should be your time. Uh, you're invited to talk the truth to each other. You're invited to teach and to train each other and our kids. You're invited to critically think and dream of solutions and you're invited to trust each other, okay? Um, that's kind of where we're at. What I'm going to have right now is, can I have the, the current elders come on up, just so you guys can see them, because this next week we're going to be doing the covenantal membership at the annual meeting, so there's going to be a question and answer time first. 
Um, and then there's going to be an opportunity for you guys to sign the membership if you are in a place where you say, I agree with this wholeheartedly. All right. And then after that, we're going to be looking at the bylaws, which you're going to have that week. Um, and I'll put them in the email again too, but there's physical copies on that back table. And with that, you'll have a chance to say, we affirm that these are the bylaws that we want to move forward with. And just so you, if you guys want to see the old bylaws, let me know and I'll send a copy of that to you via email as well. The biggest change was honestly kind of a change of heart. And it's not just this church, but in the 70s, it was very common to be very discipline driven. As in, here's the steps that we're going to discipline you as a member, you as an elder, you as a deacon, you as a pastor. Also, if you don't take this discipline, here's our biblical reasoning why we're going to discipline you this way and then eventually kick you out. And it's not like that was ever really necessarily the heart of this church, right? It was the common way that you wrote the, the covenant agreement of constitutional membership. And we looked at it and we said, you know what? The heart of the eldership should be restoration, right? And it should be, hey, these are the steps that we want to do to restore relationship with each other, restore relationship with, with God, Right? That's the unity that we talked about. And with that restoration, you know what? If we exhaust everything else, then we're going to follow biblical you know, instruction as far as discipline. But that's, that's the, that side of the equation. Okay? Um, discipline should always have that restoration as a part of it, right? Which is really when we're looking at it, when we look through the lens of our, our bylaws, we've tried to write it in a restorative process, tried to bring things, some language back into modern day and not just you know, big words that not everybody uses all the time. So these men right here, um, if you don't know these guys, get their number or their email this week, uh, today, and try to send them any questions that you have. Because, again, those that are in covenantal membership are going to have voice and some say into whether we're affirming them. And, and part of this process is we've realized that, you know, the, the document that was written 40 years ago, we haven't exactly gone by every word of how it's been set, but we want to affirm that these guys have been in leadership. They've already been in leadership. They've already been investing a lot of time, energy, sacrificing a number of things, a lot of hours of prayer. Their families have been in prayer. Their families have been invested in this process. And so we want to just give it back to you, give you another voice to say, hey, we affirm that these guys are, are the guys for the transition. Okay? We're going to give you some more insight on what that looks like. Again, bylaws stuff are back there. Take a look at it. If you have any questions, again, of bylaws, ask John or I. If you have any questions of eldership stuff with them, ask these guys. Okay? God, may your intimacy of covenant rest with these people. May you pursue us. May you show yourself faithful. May you reveal your goodness to us. God, I ask that you would bless the work of our hands, bless the dreams of this congregation, and that you would bless the things that you want to do in and through us. God, I ask that you would reveal your strategies, reveal your dreams, reveal um, just your goodness to this congregation. God, I ask that you would invite us once again into your presence during this worship, that you would bless it and echo it out into our lives and into our workplaces. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.